3: I'm Billy! And you book a match with
0: me thats right, Killings. Look at me! I'm a total package! I will rip him apart! I'm pissed now! Where to, Stephanie?
2: <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad free shows and ATC. All right, welcome everybody to Wrestle Roasts and the roast of AJ Styles, Happy Yom Kippur, Michael Lawrence, and Robert Karpolis. How are you guys doing?
4: I just broke my fast, and uh, after a day of apologizing for horrible things, I get to start a new list of shitty things I've done, starting with AJ Styles.
2: Yeah, how does that work? Is it like AA? Do you have like a list of stuff you got to get through?
4: They kind of guide you. They give you like a broad, like it's good because they give you a list of all the different things, and it starts with small things like being a jerk to your parents and goes all the way up to murder. So as long as I don't get close to the murder piece, I did okay the last year.
5: I mean, it's like AA in that no one really follows it and you make up your own rules.
2: <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm waiting for my apology, Robert. So's your hairline. Um, Zach, how are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing well. I went to AW last night and that was pretty great. Oh, right. Right. You went oh. did you see Scott? I did not.
4: I had no idea he was going. Gotta love the brotherhood camaraderie we have here on the show. <laughs>
0: So
2: when, we, when, we, when we review Dynamite, let's get, let's get Zach's thoughts uh, then, yeah. Yes, absolutely. All right, well, before uh, we get into the show today, the roast of AJ Styles. Some roasts coming up. we got the Honky Tonk Man next week with comedian Kevin McCaffrey, who's hilarious. Gangrel, Darby Allen, Abdullah the Butcher with Zach Amico, Alexa Bliss, and Kane. If you're, uh, if you're a patron, and I really do think we have the best uh, patron deal. You, you get like three or four extra shows a month. Uh, this week, we're going to be doing WrestleMania 2. And we're also going to be reviewing Scott's review of Dynamite. Scott is not on the show today, but he sent us a 20-minute recording of him talking about his time at Dynamite. Um, so prepare to fast forward.
0: <laughs>
2: hey, look, I'm just glad Scott can do 20 minutes. Uh, next week, uh, <laughs> we uh, uh, Scott's hilarious. What? <laughs> no, I don't know. It was just the easiest, Joe. He's, he's hilarious. Check him out. He's actually doing a show tonight, so
4: check him out. Um, build a time machine because we're recording this on a Thursday. Yeah, so in front go back you, to last night and go listen go to it. the
2: Stress Factory, in New Jersey. All right, then we got uh, Extreme Rules the week after, then the Roast of Alberto Del Rio, Halloween Havoc, 1993. Off, I'm changing it from Wrestling's Darkest Crimes because I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> to, to uh, Wrestling. You know about that. <laughs> what? I said, there's already a show about that. Yeah, it's like, we don't need it. And so, so Mike, you know what I'm doing instead? Wrestling spookiest stories. All nice. Of wrestling, wrestling ghost stories, um, which I didn't know there were some, but I guess there are.
4: We just read uh, the balance sheet from WWF
2: 1995. The roast of Nick Gage in November, then World War 3 I've never seen a World War Three before. We're going to review Robert's Robert shows that he booked on MLW um q, q and then he'll tell us well uh why uh is is an inferior product qt marshall uh the wrestler we're gonna we're gonna do for a big thanksgiving episode then we're off then we got the roaster ride back we got we're gonna review tlc then jingle all the way to we're off for a week for christmas then the day one review and the roast of Anoki. so a lot of really really fun stuff coming up we have a five star review Join our YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Talk about us in Reddit. Uh, we have t-shirts now on both WWE Creative-ish, uh, which is Robert's store, and the Wrestle Roast store on Pro Wrestling T. So check it out. And our first November roast, I, I'll be happy to
5: announce if you'd like. Oh, yeah. What is it? The master of arithmetic himself, Scott Steiner.
2: Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, did you see NXT this week? Did you see his son?
5: Yeah, I, Scott, well, was, Rick, no, but Rick's, Rick's, Rick's son, and... Um, we're not about to say about, that that's Rick's son. We're going to get heat from Vince. That was it's, his it's, big it's, edict. It's Braun Breaker. I don't know who Mr. Breaker is, <laughs> but yeah, the one of the fucking worst uh, name changes.
2: Firebreaker
4: Rex, Chip is his father. Look, yeah. the, uh, yeah. the
2: name change sucks, but the guy's got something. No, oh, he's great. And Rex Steiner is a cool fucking name. <laughs> it is a cool name. And he just reminds me of, like, uh, I don't know, man. He reminds me of, like, those old-school, like, New Japan, all-Japan, New Japan matches where it was these big dudes going against, like, Kabashi and shit like that. So, like, like a I'm, Scott Norton, a Stan Hanson kind he of. Reminds, yeah, he reminds me. That's a great point. He reminds me a lot of Scott Norton. And I fucking love me some old-school Scott Norton. A lot of Scott
4: Norton. I know, like, when he was doing that little goofy promo with L.A. Night with that smile, a little bit of early Goldberg, that, like, maniacal smile of like a dude where not like not everything's going on upstairs but he's going to probably fuck you up
2: yeah and a hundred times better of a worker than goldberg already so and speaking of great workers aj there we go mike's (laughs) trying to get the show on the road we're going to talk about the bright side aj styles and this could be two episodes uh aj is one of the greatest in-ring wrestlers of all time in my opinion him and Samoa Joe, for a decade, they were the what-if guys. If they had gone to WWE, you know, I, we could have had a real golden age between, you know, Cena, AJ, and Samoa Joe all together, I thought. Um, redefine wrestling, he made all that indie shit look good. You know, like, I, I think that, like, like, sure, it's great to do a Canadian destroyer off the top rope, but he's the guy who kind of put the story together in – you know the, the he put the he put the moves between the moves uh consummate professional you can't really find a bad thing to say about the guy unless you know it's the gay stuff uh e- even in the punk internet feud he didn't look terrible um and as far as like you know kayfabe accomplishments i mean great feuds with cena roman when he was a baby dean ambrose randy orton the undertaker even though it was silly as fuck samoa joe um you know like you know, uh, this is a this is I'm sorry WWE, and then you know as far as like outside of WWE, Nakamura, Naito, Tanahashi, uh, you know his, his triple threat match with Christopher Daniels and, and Samoa Joe, his stuff with Kurt Angle at TNA, you know he he was he was the Bold Club, uh, he was two time IWGP champion, three time NWA champion, two time TNA champ, six time X division champ, Pro Wrestling Illustrated Wrestler of the Year three years in a row. Number one in the PWI Top 500, Ring of Honor Pure and Tag Champ, Rolling Stones Wrestler of the Year, Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, two-time Wrestling Observer Wrestler of the Year, two-time WWE Champion, Intercontinental Champion, three-time U.S. Champion, and Raw Tag Team Champion. Uh, he's he's one of the best, man. I mean, he's he almost got Shawn Michaels out of retirement. That's how good AJ Styles is. Uh, and it uh, turns out... The only person who could do that is uh,
5: Prince you know, Mohammed.
2: Is Prince Mohammed? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, uh, <laughs> Mike. What do you think about AJ
5: Styles? Yeah, man, he's fucking great. Like even when the other <laughs> that that company sucked, he didn't. And I I think a lot of times it's even more impressive, like when someone's like great in a bad movie. You know, uh, he he was Dennis Hopper in Mario Brothers for twelve years. Uh, <laughs> He was Raw Julian Street Fighter. Um, no man, he's fucking awesome. Uh, and even when he came, you know, like to WWE in 2016, it was yeah, a little late. Maybe it could have been earlier, but it was still great. I remember I was he's like, awesome
2: that year. I mean, he I made SmackDown.
5: A, I was at a Royal Rumble party, it was like, 2016, and he just, you know, he shows up and everyone fucking lost it. And you know, look, he's still there. Uh, I got to see his first match at MSG, and you could see what that meant to him. That was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, physically, like everything makes sense. You know, the amount of trust that they, they put into that guy, and, and rightfully so. I mean, motherfucker got James Ellsworth over, uh, <laughs> but he, you know, like it's like like almost. So like we we have to push this because Vince, we trust you. You know, um, he's a guy that uh, can jump anywhere on the card and his thing works, his segment works, you know? He opened a fucking WrestleMania with Shane and it was watchable. That's how- Dude, That was
2: a really good match. I mean- it Yeah, was, it was
5: great, yeah. I mean- probably one of
2: the, I brought mean, my favorite I, match on the card, honestly. Yeah,
5: I would give AJ a lot of that credit. I, I think yeah, guy I is a real artist. Um, and just fun to watch. And you know, and I always say, uh, if it if it applies, and it definitely applies here, fucking awesome to play as in the video game. The phenomenal forearm is, is hard to pull off in those WWE 2K games, but if you can, it feels so fulfilling. And the Styles Clash is one of the coolest finishers ever. It looks like it fucking hurts. It's awesome.
2: and, and if you uh, don't if you don't tuck your head in right, it sure does.
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty uh Painful looking. And I mean, yeah, those X-Division classics. I mean, I, I, I'd i heard so much about that that Daniels-Joe-Styles match from 2005. And, you know, words don't do it justice. It really is. Like, of all that type of match, it's the best that
4: type of match.
2: Robert, you an AJ fan?
4: I am an AJ fan. I think it's impossible to be a wrestling fan and not be an AJ fan. What's most impressive about this guy is everything about him that shouldn't work he's short he's southern he didn't deliver a good promo for for a long time and now he is the one of the best if not the best four quadrant wrestlers that there are you can give him anything in any situation babyface heel comedy match serious match he delivers a great promo in his own way he learned how to be a better storyteller outside of the ring inside the ring untouchable Uh, I think it's one of those guys where almost any match you put AJ in became a dream match. It was why I was so excited when he made it to WWE because the biggest frustration was watching somebody this talented toiling away in TNA where they had a lot of great wrestlers for him to work with and still found ways to screw it up. Those, those initial matches with with Daniels and Joe uh, and then stuff with Kurt was so good that when I was on creative, we would pull those DVD recordings and watch them voluntarily. Not because it was helping us make a better show. It was, we got to see this. We can't, we, all we do is hear how amazing this is. I heard about how amazing his Ring of Honor stuff was every time he showed up there. He's a guy who loves wrestling. He, he excelled in New Japan. He was willing to go do PWG shows. Now I feel like I'm fucking Excalibur. When he showed up in WWE, it was there were so many feuds lined up that were going to be dream matches and dream feuds. And when he had them, they were great. And he elevated guys like someone like John Cena and made him better. He was the guy that undertaker wanted to work with at WrestleMania for that boneyard match. And even though it wasn't a wrestling match, it was a cinematic match. It was still really entertaining. He's one of the best heels of the last five years. He's one of the best baby faces of the last five years. He plays both those roles really, really well. And even though I'm a little frustrated now with him being a tag wrestler, and I feel like they're, you're not getting the most out of him that you can. When he is in there, he always over delivers. And it's that cliche of the dude's 44 years old and he still feels like he's in his prime. You still feel like you've got another several years of great AJ style stuff before he starts to slow down into older grandpa mode.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, I just saw him in the ring with Lashley, like in a tag match two weeks ago and he made Lashley look like a killer for the couple minutes that he was, he was in. I mean, w- we forget that like, you know, the planned survivor series main event, I think it was like 2016 or 17 was supposed to be Brock and Ginder. you know, <laughs> like that was what they were going to close with. And like a week beforehand they called an audible and we're just like, the, no, that we, we, we have to, we have to do AJ and Brock and and then to, to Brock's credit, I mean, Brock gave AJ a ton in that match and that match is, is a five-star match. AJ Vercino live was, was probably my favorite match I've seen live as far as like, <clears throat> excuse me, like how, how insane the crowd was, like how, you know, like. It just like the the from the first moment when AJ faked Cena out and did the clap thing to him, like you can't you're not on my level. Like it just felt like magic that entire that entire match. It was it was unbelievable. Really, really, really phenomenal stuff. Zach, are you an AJ guy?
1: Uh yeah. AJ Styles was yeah, that's- the gate that took me from being just a WWE fan my whole life to learning about other wrestling. That's uh, the first guy I discovered outside of the WWE. And
2: yeah, I owe my pure wrestling fandom to him in a lot of ways. Interesting question here. Mike, if you're going to start a company, if you had a choice between, and and, in their prime, right? Um, CM Punk or AJ Styles, who would you pick to start the company? CM Punk. Yeah.
5: Yeah, I mean, AJ, the in-ring is better, but the connection with the crowd and that, that, that charisma and, you know, I'm a promo guy. I prefer promos. Oh, and since, you know, Scott isn't here, he had a great New Japan run and was a member of the Bullet Club.
2: <laughs> you fill the void. Robert, who would you start with, Punk or AJ?
4: <sighs> That's, I, I think Mike's point is valid. Uh, Punk yeah. was better at connecting with the crowd in terms of promos. It's why I said hey, the one thing that was lacking in AJ's game for a long time were his promos. He was just the guy that went out there and had great matches. And depending on what your promotion is going to be, if you want to run a a ring of honor. Yeah. You sign AJ Styles. You want to have a mainstream major company. You're going to want to go with CM Punk, but it's, it's sort of an unfair comparison a little bit. It's, it's more of, do you go with AJ or Joe?
2: Right. No, that's true. Um, And that, that's, that's a question. I can't really answer. Honestly, I, I, that, that's a tough one. That one's very tough.
5: Well, they're both like really great, but I don't think could be like your big, big stars, you know? Yeah. They're going to have a great match. They're going to give you the main event you paid for. But in terms of if I want my promotion to be crossover successful, if I want it to get a new audience, i think
2: joe could have done that though i actually do think joe could have done that but they just
5: terrible samoa
2: joe no but he was a great promo man i mean they they, he had that great feud with angle and then they totally fucked it up that was tna as as much as we shit on you know wwe and wcw uh for 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 fumbling stuff like the stuff that tna fumbled is is pretty awe-inspiring if you look it back at what the roster has been over the years it's 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 pretty phenomenal
5: hey florida robert do you think samoa joe is a bad name
4: (laughs) i think it i think it works just in the sense of i'm so used to hearing it that you forget how weird it sounds at the same way hearing cm punk what the hell does that mean um it's that's the weird thing about wrestling. Sometimes you get names and you hear them, and you're like, "If I heard this in any other capacity, I think this is stupid." But here, it's like, "Yeah, Samoa Joe works um, as a." It just it's it just seems like it's been around for so long. I'm just used to it. Uh, would I have yeah, picked I that, that off the? am oh, sorry. No, I was if I had, if would I picked that off the bat. No, I would have gone with uh uh what what the hell is uh, Rex Steiner's name. Ron Breaker. I love how they we they should name guys just based on stupid things that that popped into your head. Uh, like Kenny Dykstra was because uh, Brian liked Lenny Dykstra, and they're mm-hmm. like, well, let's just name him that. Okay, sometimes it's it's nonsense like that, and then you're just stuck with this name, or, or you're Kerwin White because the director is named Kerwin silphies and he's a super white guy. And we're like, well, that's a really white-sounding name. We'll make him Kerwin White.
2: Wonder if they're going to bring him back in AEW. They already have Chavo. Just put a put some new white paint on him. All right. Do you guys? Wanna, they don't have uh, enough
4: white people on their roster. Dan, that's true.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I was thinking about that. I was like, these guys. Uh... We say we want about WWE, but they they do have a pretty diverse roster.
4: Enough racial sensitivity. Let's talk AJ Styles.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. The roast of AJ Styles. Mike, you want to pick the order?
4: Yeah. uh,
5: How about uh, you you go first, Robert?
4: Oh, All right. Uh, The roast of AJ Styles. (sighs) AJ Styles believes the world is flat, but to to be fair, he also believes TNA has a world title. AJ Styles doesn't like the gay community, though his hairstyle says otherwise. AJ Styles' clothing says, make America great again, but his hair says, I'd like to speak to your manager. (laughs) AJ was born in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and grew up in Gainesville, Georgia, but he's still 100% Florida man. AJ's family was too poor to afford TV. How poor do you have to be that think getting to watch pro wrestling is a rich man's extravagance? (laughs) And before you ask, yes, AJ believes humans and dinosaurs coexisted, but enough about his time in WCW. (laughs) AJ Styles spent time in Ring of Honor, but eventually refused to work with them because of Rob Feinstein. Not because he's a pedophile, but because AJ found out he's a Jew. (laughs) AJ Styles and Samoa Joe had a series of classic matches in TNA which Vince mistook for footage of Jackass where Wee Man was being chased by an angry fat guy. (laughs) (laughs) While in TNA, Styles was a member of so many failed stables, he should have opened a glue factory because glue is made from dead horses and pretending that anything that happened in TNA matters is like beating a dead horse. (laughs) I watched a lot of Norm Macdonald before writing these, sorry. (laughs) AJ, uh, AJ competed in New Japan Pro Wrestling And uh, doesn't give a fuck about how much of his theme song you play when he comes out. Steve Austin called AJ Styles the best wrestler on two feet, while the best wrestler off their two feet still remains Tammy Sitch. (laughs) In the WWE, AJ Styles and Chris Jericho formed a tag team called Y2AJ. Sadly, due to scheduling conflicts, they were unable to reunite this past January at the Capitol riots. (laughs) Finally, AJ Styles feuded with Nakamura and Daniel Bryan, and both feuds revolved around low blows, which once again proves my theory. People like seeing AJ Styles get kicked in the nuts.
2: AJ Styles, everybody. Mike, you want me to go next? Uh, yeah, sure. All Rose right. AJ Styles. AJ Styles is what would happen if Guy Fieri could fuck. In, in TNA, he was the one Christian you rooted for. He grew up in a trailer park with a drunk dad. He's basically what would happen if Mike Lawrence discovered nutrition. (laughs) The most amazing thing about AJ isn't his in-ring ability, but that he's able to get his hair to look like that without the help of a gay. His promo style is used car salesman outsmarting Kenny Powers. Somebody on the radio said AJ had a gay following, which caused AJ to say, where are they behind me? (laughs) he has the tattoos of any stripper I've ever had a shot with he's a great dad except when it comes to helping his kids with their homework my son's presentation is Moses versus the Triceratops (laughs) he was scared to take five stars from Dave because he thought that meant he couldn't go to heaven (laughs) AJ tagging with almost is the blind side for people who think Biden won because they cancelled Paw Patrol If you combine CM Punk's beliefs and AJ Styles' personality, you'd have almost a good hang. (laughs) He's proof that anyone can succeed if they hone their craft and don't go on podcasts to give their real opinions on Nyla Rose. He spent years supplementing his income by driving an ambulance, which in TNA counts as health insurance. At Ring of Honor, he feuded with the Backseat Boys, which sounds like the world's creepiest Dark Side of the Ring episode. (laughs) he's always he always acts like a cartoon cat just got the better of him he's the kind of guy who makes his kids pray before mcdonald's the ultimate styles clash was the time sunny kiss stepped foot in aj's church (laughs) a lot of people think the worst thing about aj is that he's a flat earther but that's only because he hasn't told us he thinks the black lives matter final boss is Candyman. Uh, I'm just trying to make a Candyman work joke work, guys. Still, still working on it. Mike Lawrence, everybody.
0: <laughs> All right, um,
5: on 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 demand today, uh, Friday. Candyman, fun movie. Okay, AJ Styles. Uh, today we're roasting AJ Styles, the Shawn Michaels of our generation that actually believes in Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Bound for Glory is just the reward he thinks he gets if he bombs an abortion clinic. To many people, he is the greatest wrestler in the entire flat world. Mm -hmm. The problem with flat earthers is that you can try to give them scientific evidence, but they don't want none. They don't want (laughs) a flat earth, Jesus Christ. The only thing he doesn't believe in is wearing a mask to prevent COVID. Actually, uh The only uh, theory that he has fully had uh, disproven that he believes in is that Anderson and Gallows are a fun tag team to watch. Uh, (laughs) AJ is the only wrestler I know that's a member of the Bullet Club and the NRA. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't think people of the same sex should love each other because it's unnatural. Says the guy who wrestled in a six-sided ring.
0: <laughs> well, that's an
5: affront to God.
0: Uh,
5: if it wasn't for him, TNA would somehow be even worse. Uh, Samoa Joe is injured and fat now, but back in the day, he had some great classics with AJ Styles when he was uninjured and still fat. <laughs> He's from Gainesville, Georgia. Yes, somehow there's a worse Gainesville than the one in Florida. Gainesville is so Southern that the black population is just almost whenever he comes to visit. (laughs) He loves rap, but has the haircut of a woman that calls the police on a cookout. Uh, He's a big fan of Christian hip hop because someone has to be. He calls himself the world's greatest Christian rap expert. Hey, AJ, it's not an accomplishment if no one else wants it. That's like bragging that you're a multiple-time TNA champion. Uh, He could have a five-star match with anyone in the WWE, but chose only to have those with Cena. Uh, He's the only guy who tattooed the names of his kids on his chest in case he forgets them. Uh, The name of AJ's first kid is AJ, spelled A-J-A-Y. And he will always love his son as long as he isn't (laughs) (laughs) A-gay. Finally, he had Undertaker's last match. Uh, For now, Michelle McCool. can still ask for a divorce and we'll see the dead man walking.
2: <laughs>
5: That's it for me. Oh, the and, yeah. rest
2: of AJ Styles. Uh, also, the, uh,
5: yeah, RIP to Norm, I know you mentioned him, Robert. And uh, I couldn't help but think of him when I was writing some of these jokes. And uh, if, if I shouted the punch lines, uh, that was a tribute to one of the funniest people ever.
2: Yeah, man, let's talk about that for a second. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I forgot to open with that. Um, and also Scott Chaplin's review of Dynamite's coming up later in the episode, guys. Uh, for all you Scott heads out there, uh, yeah, Norm McDonald, man. I mean, he's uh, the legitimately the funniest guy in comedy ever. I think. Um, you know, it's uh, this one was tough. This one, this this week was actually it was actually really tough. Usually, celebrity deaths don't really get me, but I don't know. It just felt like. It, this was uh, not to sound melodramatic, but it did kind of feel like pure comedy died, you know, when Norm died, like he was just one of those guys, um, you know, he just, he just figured it out, man. He's just, uh, he's very, uh, you know, he, he was, he's the funniest guy in the room filled with funny guys. He's your comedian's favorite comic. Uh, and I watched Dirty Work again, still laughed out loud two nights ago. I just bought a special again. I uh, can't wait to uh, watch it again. This is the one he did in 2011 with Comedy Central. Guys, a guy was a genius, man. Best, best weekend update anchor ever. Um, and, you know, I know so many people have worked with him and have such high, high praise to heap upon him. Uh, it's, it's, it really sucks because, you know, like I could have, I could have definitely gone for another 20 years at Norm McDonald. So.
5: Yeah, man. I, uh, I don't know if I'd be doing this podcast with, without him and writing roast jokes and you know like his deconstruction of the roast at the Bob Saget roast is one of the funniest fucking things ever Where I mean because I, I really feel like like to me the definition of a comics comic is someone who doesn't care if the joke works they just like telling it and, and I mean that is norm to a T uh, I've been watching a lot of late night appearances uh, the moth joke with, with Conan is one of those very specific like he's having a blast and then because he's having so much fun with it you do too but he's there first um it's just a, a fucking genius of a dude uh yeah that we i mean let, let's let's be honest like getting fired from weekend update for calling oj a murderer well now he's a hero uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty like brave ballsy thing um you know just such funny jokes i mean dirty work is is one of my fucking favorites hello real cops is is one of the funniest lines to me ever there's so many great lines in that movie there's i watched all of those snl starring movies in the theater and and that's my favorite one um he's he's a fucking uh irreplaceable guy and the fact that there is so much content like hundreds if not thousands of hours of him just churning out funny shit is unbelievable uh
2: best panelist ever in my mind
5: yeah and i would absolutely and i would say if you if you guys do like us and and you don't know much about norm watch the 1998 sps yeah him hosting is one of the funniest fucking things i don't even know much about sports but I know awkwardness, and it is amazing, and he's having a blast, and it's it's so fucking awesome. Uh,
4: as the as the non comedian, but definitely the the comedy nerd of the of the trio here, um, grew up with. I mean, he was my favorite Weekend Update anchor a, as a kid. Growing, I mean that was that was the appointment viewing when watching Saturday Night Live was seeing Norm do Weekend Update. Um, it was a litmus test for whether or not I was going to get along with somebody in high school, if they liked Norm McDonald or not. Uh, that moth joke I posted on my Facebook page when he passed away, just because it's another litmus test is people either see this and think this is absolutely hilarious, or they're gonna look this, you know, what the hell is it? In which case, all right, we think on, on different wavelengths here. There was a video a few years ago, I went down a rabbit hole one day. It's all of his Letterman appearances back to back. It's like 45 minutes long. It's absolutely brilliant because you watch the evolution of his comfort level doing this from first being, you know, I, I'm on Letterman and I'm being interviewed to I am the master of this domain. I know exactly what I'm doing here and I'm in complete control and it's an absolute joy just to just to sit and watch those Um and then just because I keep seeing it, I, it was a, a legendary clip for years. I always loved when uh, he was on Conan uh, with uh, Courtney Thorne Smith making fun of Carrot Top. Oh my, oh my God, God. It's the thing greatest thing ever. One, one of the funniest things ever.
2: <laughs> box and Office Gold.
4: But, yes. It's box not even Poison. It's not even Box Office box Poison. Because right. Box Office Poison works. But then when Conan challenges him, when they say the name of the movie and it's chairman of the board, what are you going to do with that funny man? is bored spelt b-o-r-e-d and conan loses it and it's absolutely incredible what's well, even better is like because I,
5: I i i just watched it today but he's like what are you gonna do with that you sick freak because the entire time he's been like interrupting and everything like and he's overtaking the interview and and, and to courtney Smith's credit uh she's a great fucking sport and you know she's there to promote this movie (laughs) and and, you know and like one of the first jokes he's like wait you have sex with carrot top nine and a half weeks is it nine and a half seconds (laughs) (laughs) but then when he does the b-o-r-e-d it's just the funny like she fucking loses it conan loses it it's so and it's quick it's so fucking quick like it's immediately and and i truly believe that yeah there's no way Norm knew the name of that movie going. <laughs> no.
2: Oh, there's no way. And, you know, condolences to Sean O'Connor, Frank Sebastiano, some of the really talented guys who worked with who worked with Norm. And, um, yeah, man, it's he's a he's a huge loss. This is probably the biggest comedy loss that I've, you know, of a guy I didn't know, at least, you know. Um, sucks.
5: Yeah, not since we lost Bill Cosby have I felt this sad. <laughs> And, and that's a Norm joke. <laughs> he was <appreciating laughs>
2: that. Well, folks, uh, not to uh, not to raid on the uh, Norm parade, but let's do something completely different. And that's show in hell. We're talking Claire Lynch, everybody. Uh, it was the TNA answer to Katie Vick. If you haven't seen this, um, here's the background: is originally they were gonna do like a Dixie Carter, like a fair storyline with AJ, which kind of made sense, except for that, you know, I think like fucking dixie carter on screen was death she was always really bad i mean yeah. like I, I don't know who's worse her and tony i guess she's worse just because she's been on more but really bad
4: that would have been closer to katie vick of watching him fuck a corpse yeah <laughs> the, the, the dixie carter makes
5: makes linda mcmahon look like sherry Martel. that's
2: how <laughs> <laughs> it's real bad but they uh i guess they pivoted because you know, I, they were not happy. I guess the members of Dixie Carter's family were unhappy that she was being used in that angle and, and they spending want, all of their money, spending all their money. Yeah. I think they got annoyed <laughs> at the wrong thing. Um, but uh, so they, they switched it to AJ having this drunken affair with uh, a woman by the name who Claire Lynch, who then ended up quitting because of uh, online abuse from TNA fans And she also wanted to scrub her history because she was trying to make it like as a series actress and a pretty girl. And the whole joke was like she was ugly, which didn't make like any real sense either. Um, It's a disaster. Uh, It's it's I mean, I don't know if this was I I don't know if Vince Russo was with the company at the time. I think he was. Um, and I want to shout out to Wrestling Regret for doing the research so I didn't have to. Yeah. Because uh, they, they like, you know, like, because I, I could not have, like, I did not want to watch all these clips. Um, yeah, man, it was, uh, you know, I mean, you, you, it's, it's, it's one of the worst things I think we've watched on Show in Hell, which is saying something. Would you say it's top five worst things we've seen on the show, Mike?
5: It's pretty bad. I mean, it's just... You know, this is that it, – it, it's very Russo. This is the uh, – this was 2012, I think. This is, like, the shit I didn't like about the Attitude Era, and AJ wasn't a great performer <laughs> at the time, so you don't even have, like, a a rocker, Austin uh, type to, to, to carry it uh, on Charisma. Um, you know, and then the, the heels are Kazarian and Daniels, who are great, but it's just they're not even, like – that fun um they they couldn't save this basically and yeah man i looked i looked into this story because i also watched the the wrestling with regret um i had to fast forward through that because it was that uncomfortable i did too
2: yeah about 12 minutes in i'm like all right let's get to the last minute yeah
5: but um so this woman's name was uh julie Riley,
4: and uh oscar nominee julie Riley after leaving this (laughs) Mm -hmm. and
5: she she lived in in Orlando, because when they taped at Universal Studios, I think she she had played uh, Olive Oil uh, before this, uh, <laughs> in, in in the Popeye Land or whatever. Oh man,
2: that's even sadder. <laughs> the Popeye,
5: right? And uh, but she also she does and still does like a lot of presentations for corporate companies, like you know, like she'll show off their products and things like that, and and that's like the bulk of her business. And she even had a page for that then. And that's what happened. Was yeah, on her website, shitty wrestling fans, just you know, said the worst. You know what wrestling fans sound like. Um, said the worst fucking shit. Like on her site, they, it
2: went back and forth between people saying the angle was terrible, and then people calling out her character as if she fucked AJ in real life.
5: Yeah, and 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 shitting on her. And it's like, yeah, she did what was asked of her. There, she is not the problem with this angle, and then yeah then she leaves the company and yeah and the amount of people that just like shit on the way that she looks and stuff like that it's like no she left out of uh safety and to save her uh career (laughs) because this was not gonna do it (laughs) and did the smart thing and then you know they shat on her this was totally this had to been bruce because this was
2: it, it doesn't seem like there's a world in which it's not written by Vince Russo. <laughs>
5: yeah, this is this is like Joker Sting era, I think. This is, you know, for, you know, was it Fortune and
2: Definitely worse than Fortune and Joker Sting.
5: Cuz this was this was this was Bischoff and and Hogan era, man. This, this I mean, that's the thing when we were talking about how great AJ was, you know. And he still had great matches at this time, but like when you think about those mid 2000s and the potential of this company even and then that pivot just it fucking sucked.
4: Yeah, so on, on How I Met Your Mother, the, uh, they found out that Robin was a Canadian pop star in the 90s, but sounded like she was in the 80s because Canada got the 80s a decade later. TNA got shitty Attitude Era storylines a decade after. And Are you saying the, that Claire Lynch is the Robin Sparkles of wrestling? <laughs> I wish she was as good as Robin Sparkles, but the, the problem is... This is why TNA was so fucking terrible. Um, you don't do a storyline like this with a guy who doesn't need a storyline and doesn't do these well. This is what you give someone to cover up the fact that they're not a great wrestler. Uh, AJ Styles, there was no good that was going to come from this storyline. It's not like this was going to be the story that was going to turn the tide and the war with the WWE where people were going to be engrossed by a soap opera of whether or not AJ fucked this woman by exploiting the fact that she was in recovery, which was another part of this. And this story went on and on and on and is the worst impulses of Vince Russo and TNA. The, the strange thing about doing research for- Well, AJ if you're
2: working for TNA, you're just by default in recovery.
4: Oh, no, no, you're not in recovery. You're still active. Uh, you're, you're working in a theme park, getting stuff off the janitors. Um, the thing that was so weird was looking at AJ's Wikipedia page of TNA is a lot like, If you watch Loki and there's all these variants in these other worlds, like I didn't even remember some of this shit. I'm looking and like, oh, yeah, there was a feud with him and Rob Van Dam in TNA that went for like three months. Just it's all blacked out. I remember there being Fortune. I don't remember all the other stables he was in. It's it's like this company that exists on like another planet and yet still somehow exists. And some poor idiot had to write this Wikipedia page of all the stuff that happened to AJ, when if you ask most wrestling fans, what did he do in TNA? It's the triple threat matches, it's the X Division, and it's Claire Lynch. That's how bad this story is. This this is one of the only things most people know about AJ's TNA run.
2: Pretty rough, man, pretty rough. Uh, But something that wasn't rough is last night's Dynamite, baby. Uh, Scott isn't here. He will be giving his boots on the ground review. Zach, you were there, so you'd love to fill us in. Uh, hour one, Adam Cole versus Frankie Kazarian. MJF promo, uh, FTR versus Matt Seidel and Dante Martin. Uh, Alistair Black cutting what I thought was going to be a really fun promo and is ruined by Rosario Dawson and, and Cody Rhodes. And damn Lambert Mania to set up the Rampage match between uh, Jake Hager and Chris Jericho and the men of the year. My first note is CM Punk is phenomenal on commentary. Like he is so good and he outshines everybody. I mean, he's even better than Excalibur. and I think Excalibur is good. But, uh, he, he, everything about him on commentary, man, it's, it's like the opposite of Jericho. He gives genuine insight. He knows what all the storylines are. He knew what all the moves were. He was funny without being completely overpowering. Uh, he just, just, that was my, my takeaway from the whole show was like I could listen to this guy talk about wrestling for three hours straight. Like I, I would love a CM Punk podcast on wrestling, which I'm sure he would hate, but it, w- it was, uh, it, that, that I thought was my highlight of the first hour. What did you guys think of this first hour, Robert?
4: So my overall note for the show, because I'm going to be positive. I thought this was a really good show in that almost every single segment on here, advanced storylines going forward. Uh, that's a huge positive for AEW, something I've been critical of in the past. It felt very vignette heavy. A lot of pre-tapes, a lot of talking, not a ton of matches overall. Minor nitpick, just something I'm, I'm throwing out there. Adam Cole, Frankie Kazarian was a, was a really fun match. I feel bad for Frankie because they're giving him this elite killer and he's completely ineffective. Like he can't take out anybody. And it was a good back and forth match. Punk made it really good on the com- on commentary by pointing out Adam Cole is the reason he got into this business, yada, yada, yada. Um, there's something hilarious about Is it true Fuego. that
2: Punk was the reason Adam Cole got into the business? Yeah,
4: that's what Punk said, and he's not, he doesn't seem like a dishonest man, and I don't want to get sued so
2: <laughs> CM
4: Punk's a, a good guy. I like that Thanks, Fuego CM does, Punk. I like that Fuego does, so is putting his Hyundai on the line against Miro. I, I
2: actually love that I think that's, that's hilarious. That's fantastic
4: um, the, uh, the thing that kind of bugged me for the Cole thing was he's the one that issued the challenge for the six-man tag, which doesn't feel like a shitty heel move It's kind of like, why am I booing this guy who just beat the guy who claims he's the elite hunter? And now I'm calling out these other three guys to have a six man tag. It's not, it's just, it's not a heel thing. It just, that struck me as kind of odd. Um,
2: he's babyface heel,
4: he's a babyface heel in a lot of ways. He's a heel to to Mike Lawrence, but that's about it. Obviously, uh, you want me to get into the MJF thing? Um, so MJF cuts a promo on Brian Pillman and he used a promo that i wrote for him in mlw and it's why i love mjf more than any wrestler in the history of fucking wrestling at this point uh it was something we did with stewart he was gonna get
2: fucking free tickets for that shit right
4: i'm i'm sure if i wanted i was talking to him today i'm sure if i wanted to go to risk they're coming down here to miami i'm not risking covid uh bless their hearts but it was something we worked out when he he was feuding with uh tyson Kidd. or tell him to do the show tell
2: him to do our show
4: he, he i think he's slightly uh he's slightly busy but maybe one of these years he'll come on and just you know bury scott for being scott um yeah, that'd be great i don't no, i don't want to watch scott come that would be hard <laughs> but uh we were doing a feud with him and teddy hart and he had to go out there and cut a promo in chicago and they're like he's like all right what do we do and like why don't you cut a promo to Stu saying you're going to finally put an end to the legacy of the Hart family and he's like all right he's like so i'm like talking to him I'm like yeah i want you to look up like you're talking to him in heaven and they realize, no, that's that's not where Stu Hart is. Then I want you to look down at hell, stomp on the ground, and cut the promo to Stu Hart in hell. And we tell this to court, and court's like, it's great. You just got to get Teddy Hart's permission to make sure he's okay with it. He
2: told us this, but yeah. But going. yeah,
4: and Teddy's like, I don't give a fuck. So then that's pretty much the same promo that he did here to with Brian Pillman in hell, which was absolutely incredible. Uh, it was so much fun. They're doing the best they can with with Pillman Jr. to make him seem like something. Um, so that was, you know, I, I like that. That's fun. I liked FTR and Seidel and Dante Martin. The, Seidel and Dante Martin's a fun little tag team. This was one of the more fun FTR matches because Punk on commentary made them seem like a real killer team. I really enjoy. Again, he makes everything better. Um, and then... Uh, They talked about the Suzuki incident, which I'll I'll leave Mike to have a a feast on that. Malachi Black and Rosario Dawson, not since Clerks 2 has she ruined something so badly. Uh, And then Cody, who hasn't been there for months, is okay that they beat up Arn and his kid and his brother and most of the factory. But when you go after Rosario Dawson, who jumped the barricade, that's a bridge too far. She's
5: the linchpin um, of the Marvel Netflix universe. Come
4: on. Yeah, exactly.
2: Aaron <laughs> yeah. Anderson isn't getting fucking Cody's real uh, shown to Stan Lee Jr. Whoever the fuck is in charge over there. Kevin also, the the,
4: uh, the Dan Lambert thing. The weirdest part for me, I'm not a huge MMA guy. I, I watch it, but I'm like, and I'm going, that's Paige Van Zandt. And but they're that, not acknowledging. I don't know why they star. didn't
2: make a bigger deal on that, like, of that. She's
4: one of the biggest stars that there is. And I'm going, and all I'm, I'm not even paying attention to is promo at first. I'm just like. That's definitely her, but they're not saying it's her. Is there another woman who's America's top team? They need to sign
2: her her ass, dude. They need
4: to sign her yesterday, um, especially after watching uh, the uh, Layla Hirsch match. But uh, we'll we'll get to that. But uh, Jericho was doing his shtick. It's a weird mashup that it's them and men of the year. But I guess you need somebody to pay off with this storyline. So why not use uh, him and Hager? um
5: well you know if there's one sentence you could use to describe this show it literally was full of shit uh i think they said it 20 times um ad nauseum i had that uh, later Yeah, stop Uh, (laughs) they said it a lot um i i you know i like this show It, it definitely was a utility episode it was more about setting up next week and and a part of me is okay with that in the sense that where it was is close enough in proximity to queens that if you want to see both shows you can because this show really was in service to that show and and, and i think it should have been so that's that's fine i mean look, yeah, if cole, you're brave enough to go to newark you're gonna go to queens <laughs> yeah cole cole's fine in the ring i just I, yeah man i don't buy him as a physical threat i don't buy him as a great everyone keeps telling me he's this great promo name me one great line last night there wasn't one and then and also he's
2: had some awesome promos nxt dude like his his promo carrying cross you didn't see that one with carrying cross it was awesome he is
5: yeah well he hasn't had one here yet uh it's story for two uh, weeks
4: actually christian Uh, had the better line than him when when christian goes uh you're, you're already used to losing the wednesday wednesday night war yeah. Well, I mean, I mean come
2: look, on, Christian. I mean, yeah, that was you know.
4: He was Let's instrumental give. in beating NXT. Man, <laughs> Dan, you shut up and give
5: that dog his bone. <laughs> 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 All right. No, I mean, the Bay Bay thing, I guess like people like it. I don't get it in character. It's not it's not a great line. Um I mean, it's also stop putting him in proximity like close to MJF promos because he's always going to look like a like a, a mid-bitch. Uh, it's a quote, uh, MJF, in comparison. Um, yeah, he's not a great heel because, he, yeah, people like him too much, and he leans into that. I, I just did. There was no no heat in his promo for being a, a heel. Um, yeah, I don't get him.
4: Now, Mike, I want to get your take on the, on the most important issue, which was the Suzuki incident.
5: I thought that was fun. You know, that's, that's CM Punk being like, yep, I'm on the same – threads that you are uh you know he was the right person to do it i mean if jr did like a walter cronkite you know we apologize uh, profusely for the suzuki incident it would have been sad but the way that punk did it where it was very tongue-in-cheek i liked i mean i agree with dan punk was great on commentary the line he had about dan lambert that bobby heenan if he only owned affliction shirts like
4: was really fucking funny Um, yeah, it was, but I wouldn't compare Dan Lambert to Bobby uh, Heenan. It was a good line, it was a good line. Maybe the
2: no mouth years,
4: even (laughs) then, then, uh... Heenan just by blinking was more charismatic than Dan Lambert. (laughs) And then Fuego, Fuego, uh, the
5: soul, you know, I don't mind this, but it's like Sammy's still in the background. Like, I just want to see Sammy be in the spotlight already, and it's like. He was kind of the go for the I think they're going to
2: do Sammy Miro next. They're, yeah, they're, I
5: hope so. I mean, I was really hoping we would get Kingston, uh, Miro in, in Queens, but I, I I think that the tag the, the tag will be fun. Um, and then uh, Sidel should be taking those pins, not Martin. I mean, Martin has a future. Martin's great. Seidel's nothing.
2: Like oh, he's Martin. good. He's good in the ring. He's I mean, not
5: great, but he's, there's nothing there. I, I think there's way more of a future. There's way more money in Dante Martin. Uh, and, and, and yeah, Sido good, but like the shit that Martin does is incredible, just like physically and all of that. And and Punk really put him over amazingly well, saying like this kid's special and shit like that. You know, Punk did a great job of, of doing that with a lot of the guys last night um so yeah I would I don't think you lose anything by having Seidel get pinned him and his brother are mostly going to be on dark but I think that you know wins and losses matter and all of that it's better to have Dante Martin have as clean of a record as possible um and then yeah Lambert I don't think there's a a worse miscasting uh in wrestling (laughs) since Paul Roma as a horseman than uh fucking scorpio sky and ethan page as real men Um oh, jesus christ it just doesn't work they're nerds like i like those guys they're fun but you know it's like ethan page even had a garbagey match with uh darby you know because he's talking you know like Lambert like these five eight guys yeah i mean he did a
2: kung fu character where he fought Yeah, himself.
5: he does kicks and flips it's like those are the guys next to you they they feel out of place with the real MMA athletes. They're like nerdy dudes. They look like the guys who should be feuding with this. And also Archer like attacked Lambert and now Archer is not even a part of it. Now it's Jericho. It just doesn't make any sense. And it's like.
4: A well, yeah. Because he's got to defend uh, someone else's theme song, not getting played all the way through
5: <laughs> a 50 year old man yelling at a 52 year old man. Um, uh, at, at each other's clouds This is fucking boring I mean I I feel like if you're going to use Lambert it should be to push new young guys I mean it's weird also that like Hager is not on Lambert's team he's the guy opposing Lambert like Hager would be a much better fit than fucking Paige and Sky well I almost
2: cracked up when they're like Hager's undefeated in and MMA he's the guy in the I'm ball. Like- <laughs> He's been he had been fighting. What's his name? Who's the guy from uh, uh the Wingman?
5: Oh. <laughs> no! but they said undefeated in MMA. You know, and he like mm. didn't one of his fights end because he hit a dude in the balls? Yes. Yeah, he's had two fights.
2: <laughs> he he all- literally <laughs> he he literally fought guys who had just like gotten off early from their Amazon factory jobs. Like the, 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 <laughs> like it like crazy. Like how. They're the tinnest the of cans.
5: It's
4: a step above bum fights, yeah.
5: The real the real question with Lambert is, will they ever let him bring up? Will anyone get to bring up CM Punk's MMA career
4: on this show?
0: I think yeah, that was gonna... weird.
4: That Punk tried to put over is like there are UFC guys, there's Bellator guys, there's bare knuckle fighters, which are always just Paige Van Zandt, but. Like, he was all excited, and they don't acknowledge that he was a former UFC guy. It's kind of weird.
2: I mean, do you, man? I mean, come on.
4: You kind of do.
2: Trying to sell
5: tickets,
4: Robert.
2: Yeah, I I think you want to get away from that. I mean, it's fine if MJF says something later on. Then
4: don't have him on commentary for the Dan Lambert segment. When you know you're taking Punk out anyway, take him out before the UFC guys are there. (sighs) Because it's impossible to not draw the comparisons.
2: I don't. know, I'm fine with that. I mean, it didn't really affect me. But hour two, we have the Gun Club uh, defending <laughs> their actions, defending and their undefeated Long- streak, which actually made sense. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they do have an undefeated streak. Layla Hirsch versus Jade Cargill. Uh, CM Punk being taken out by Powerhouse uh, Hobbs and Hook, and Hook, Hook yelling at, in the like at the announce table in the most underwhelming way possible. He's like, "Hey, hey guys, move! move. move. Screw! Move. Come on, guys, move!"
5: Guys, we got to beat the Sharks later
2: at the Rumble. <laughs> Darby <laughs> Allen versus Sean Spears. A, uh, Daniel Bryan, Kenny Omega, Stare Dan, which we're getting in fucking Queens that I'm going to be there for, which is awesome. You
4: piece uh, of
2: shit. Yeah, 2.0 versus Moxley and <laughs> Kingston. Um, I, I want to first, we'll, we'll get to the gun club, but uh, I want to talk about Bryan and Omega because, look, like, as a fan, as Dan St. Germain the fan, I'm pumped about this because I get to see it next week. And I get to see these guys probably having a great match in a packed fucking Arthur Ashe stadium. It's going to be, you know, uh, like one of the highlights of my life. Um, But it is a little weird. They're doing the same thing they did with Christian first, which they're having the match that clearly Daniel Bryan's going to go. I mean, Brian Danielson is going to go over with setting up for the pay-per-view match of full gear. Now, having said that, You know, like, I think this match is going to be good enough that we're going to want to see the second match and people would buy it, but it does, I don't know, it's a little, for me, it's a little, like, diminishing returns, but, look, I'm not going to complain about it because, I, I, you know, it is going to be a huge show next week. Um, What did you think about the second hour, Robert?
4: Gun Club uh, explaining what happened several weeks after made me realize we've never seen Elias after he buried his guitar
2: Oh my God, uh, you're right. When
4: are we, like now we're suddenly paying off this gun club thing several weeks later. Uh, Jade Cargill and Layla Hirsch is why Jade Cargill is kept on taped shows. At, she, I realize they've said she's 13 and i I've seen her wrestle once. Uh, and now I'm sad that I've seen her wrestle twice. This is, she's far too special of a wrestler to put out there in these type of matches. And I know that she's, there's, there's something to her. My wife walked by and she was like, who the hell is that? Like and very rarely is she ever phased by what's going on and she's like this woman looks legitimately like very tough and very scary and yet the match was really clunky and odd and there were a couple points where they they kind of lost their their footing. She doesn't need to be on TV wrestling. And if she is going to be wrestling it just needs to be quick squash matches. I don't think she loses any luster otherwise. They don't need to put her in storylines. I love what they did with Taz and and Hobbs and and Hook because they didn't have Taz mic'd up and by him screaming at punk. And you're like, wait, well, what's going on here? It had a little bit of realism to it. I'm like, Oh, they're setting up a match. Loved it. Uh, poor Sean Spears, uh, him and Frankie Kazarian can start a support group, but uh, hey, it was a
2: good match. Though. It was a, good,
4: mean, match, it was like a good match, but it's like, he lost clean. And then I kept thinking like, is the pinnacle still a thing?
2: Because that, that's MJF, a question I had too. Yeah. MJF
4: is out there. They don't acknowledge the pinnacle. FTR wrestles, they don't acknowledge the pinnacle. They just say that they're out there with Tully. Then with Sean Spears, they start talking about the pinnacle, but yet Spears loses clean. And we said this when he first joined the pinnacle, that he was going to feel like the weakest link if he was the guy that just goes out there and does jobs. Um, I would have been happier if this match had a non-finish because you had the cool visual of him wiping the face paint off of Darby and then Tully that wiping was awesome. the face paint off of Sting. And then it realized, oh, we're just doing this to set up the FTR match. I would have rather not seen Sean Spears get pinned, but Tony likes clean finishes, so fine. The Danielson Omega thing, yeah. Everybody now says shit because they're trying to be cool, and it comes across as really geeky and weird. It's like, oh, we get to say a curse word like we're South Park, and then they just keep saying shit over and over again. On the one hand, it feels kind of weird giving away this match so quickly. It's a little bit like Goldberg-Hogan. On the other hand, I have to remind myself, this is a TV company. They, they, they don't have a pay-per-view for a couple of months. All they care about and all they need right now is to ride this, this story of ratings. And next week in Arthur Ashe Stadium is going to pull a massive, massive rating. At a point in time when WWE is against Monday Night Football, AEW is going to blow them out of the water because everyone is going to tune in for a show that they built really well here. And you're giving them Brian Danielson versus Kenny Omega. I don't think that they're going to make the same mistake with the Christian situation. I don't think we're going to add a clean finish. I, I just, I can't see them giving that away, but giving this match to, uh, to the audience. It, I mean, TNT is going to win that the, the ratings that night in a landslide. I think that's absolutely brilliant. Also brilliant Miro's promo about Fuego Del Sol, where he talks about everybody that i faced and I've redeemed, they've been smart enough to move on. You haven't, so I'm going to destroy you and destroy your car, which I'm hoping we get a Street Fighter 2 moment, and he just beats the fuck out of that Hyundai. (laughs) Um, (laughs) There is is no bigger main event than Eddie Kingston and John Moxley versus 2.0. Fuck uh, whatever you're going to get in Arthur Ashe Stadium. This was... Magnificent. Oh, I like all those guys. I like I know, those guys, Mike, but, Mike this doesn't, was, but this was your main event, and then the Suzuki stuff, it, the Lance Archer thing is weird because he was off TV for a while, and then he was back on as the savior of AEW against Dan Lambert, then he got beat up and then vanished, and now he's back to being, you know, Suzuki Goon Squad guy. Uh, I don't know where Jake Roberts is. I hope he's okay, Uh and they clearly seem like they ran out of time. Like I mean, they're... they
2: were they were in Newark, so Jake... Jake yeah,
4: yeah, man I don't want to put Jake into it, but That's it's like Jake
2: Roberts is Paris. you're so. brawling
4: through the crowd, and then it just kinda ended. I felt like there was something they were building up to, and they ran out of time, but we're gonna get the uh the great theme song war next week.
2: Mike, what do you think of the second hour?
5: Yeah, I mean,
4: they, they always run out of time. I,
5: you know here's here's the thing the thing about uh Danielson and Omega is. You know, people say that that Kenny's hurt, and I believe it, you know, although he's still having incredible matches. And Danielson, you know, I always I still look at the bubble gum that's holding his neck together, and that feeling that, like, if we didn't get this and we were able to, like, we never got Hogan and Austin. And it, sh- it should have happened at 18. You know, you, you had them both there. You should have just fucking done it when you could have um yeah i mean and Rock and you know Rock and hogan's a great match and you know and it would have hogan's been a
2: better match i think then
5: yeah but it, it's one of those things like how you didn't do that when you could have done that is insane to me and and i feel similarly about this one so i think it's great that they are and to be honest um this is the this is the thing that's selling that card more than anything it's it's a great card already but that makes it special that makes it you're not going to DVR. You're going to fucking watch it when it's on, you know, and, and AW, you know, you watch it every week. You, you often do kind of see a formula of how they program things and uh, you know, their main events are half picture and picture and all that. I, I wouldn't mind if it goes first, you know, let them do a TV time limit, Danielson Omega. You could have them, you know, do some kind of angle or whatever. Um, but go the full 20 up top because they don't do picture-in-picture picture for the first match usually. They usually
4: it's like have I think like, that's a great uh, idea. Go 15, to the time limit. especially because they're doing a it's a four-hour taping. Because yeah. Rampage is two hours.
0: Yes. Yeah.
5: Yeah, and they're yeah, and they're the same audience is going to be there for both. So. Dan's going to be sleepy. <laughs> Yeah, um, and his dogs are going to be barking through the whole <laughs> show, uh,
0: <laughs>
5: but it, which they haven't yet, and mine hasn't either, so that's good. But uh, I, I just think, you know, Sting and and uh, Darby versus FTR, that'll be fun. Like these fun Sting tags, like that's yeah. What do really you
2: end for. on Dynamite with if, um, if Cody? You, yeah, oh, no. obviously. Oh come yeah, on, let him let
4: them have it. Well, a, oh wait, are they doing the Ruby Soho match on, on Rampage? They're or doing Dynamite? that on
2: Rampage, I believe.
1: Let, no. him,
4: let him defend the honor of the woman
5: who played Mimi in the Rent movie adaptation. Uh, the, <laughs> no, they're doing that on Dynamite.
2: Sorry, they're doing that they're, on Dynamite.
5: Maybe. Rosario Dawson, like, it felt like a family guy thing. Like, Remember that time that Malachi Black got attacked
4: by Rosario Dawson? <laughs> and what sucked the most about that, and it's they nailed his entrance the lights went out and then he was sitting there the crowd erupted and you thought you were going to get something epic and then they literally cut to rosario dawson and it was one of the things my wife was there and she goes why the fuck is rosario dawson there and I'm like, that was the reaction of everybody in the audience for a couple seconds. It was like, it wasn't like they hyped her earlier that she was there. I wish she would have been there with Cory Booker and he would have just pushed her in front of Malachi Black. But <laughs> instead she then hops the railing. Like it was, it, that also was kind of strange. Well, like like, like piggybacking,
5: like, like it's Master Blaster or something, like riding him and then he like, he kind of pushes her off, but not like in a violent way, just like in a in a somewhat
4: gentle way. <laughs> and then why was Cody in the crowd? That's the other part that was I like, know. I get if he was on a headset and he went running out there, but like Punk was the one that was kind of like, I don't want something bad to happen to Rosario Dawson. I should really go down there. Look, and it, then
5: it, it, it's okay. If you make my brother uh, to, to to do a Norm delivery bleed from his mouth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but don't you dare attack Rosario Dawson.
2: <laughs> so well, cool. it should be a great show this uh, so coming ready. Wednesday.
5: But yeah. Uh, the, the last thing, um, you know, Cargill and uh, Hirsch, it's, it was fine, you know, but they, they did build, they did build uh, Anna Jay and the bunny for this week. So, you know, yeah.
2: <laughs> um. Bunny. Hey, look, Scott, Scott would call us all losers for talking about the ratings.
4: Yeah, this week, guys, the show was dope. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> there was a Lucha Bros package with Butcher and Blade. I'm so excited for that. I'm not going to sleep tonight.
2: Yeah, the, the Butcher's new thing is like threatening to eat everybody's pussy.
4: Isn't it? Isn't it weird too that we're not.
5: I mean, we're getting Kingston in this big tag, which probably, that probably will be the, the main event because that seems to be the formula <laughs> for the last couple weeks that's main evented. And then, uh, but, but I think like, it's weird that Proud and Powerful isn't booked on this show. I would have totally, maybe, I guess they just didn't want them to
4: lose. Against you would tune into Rampage. They may show up. Not that I read the yeah. spoilers or anything, but uh, yeah. But uh, more importantly, uh, Zach, having attended this show, how excited are you for Tacoma FD? Because that was on the, like that was a Vince thing. Like that would have driven Vince nuts that on the led ring was promoting that show, which I get as part of the TNT family, but that's, that's one of the things that he never, like that would have driven him absolutely insane. But Zach, how was the show live?
1: I thought it was awesome. I thought the, the crowd, I think the crowd is probably the best part about it. Cause I totally understand a lot of your guys' points from watching it. But being there live is a whole nother experience. Adam Cole is the most over person there. He got a bigger pop than CM Punk did. So I think I think everyone's
4: pretty happy about Adam Cole. Uh, Were you bummed that you didn't get to see Punk do anything besides commentary?
1: Yeah, I, I think uh, there's a lot of that. I'm glad once after the first hour ended and then he got attacked, I was like, okay, at least we only have to go back and rewatch the first hour to hear his commentary. But uh, no, I, I, I didn't mind it. I think... Scott's going to make a lot of uh, the same points I would make. So for the view, for the listeners, just tune in for when. Uh, Scott... Yeah,
2: you, you got Scott's audio and it's it's mostly him sobbing. <laughs> Pretty
4: much. It's literally him just singing Judas. <laughs> <laughs> <All> right, well, <laughs> which also one of the one of the reasons I would love to go to an AEW show is to hear the crowd live singing Judas. I feel like that seems like a really fun little of the moment thing. That, that won't be around in six months or a year's time.
2: Yeah, Lord knows nobody else will be. Next up, it's the We Must Hate Ourselves World Cup. We got a big entry this week, folk, folks. The final solution versus fake diesel and Razor Ramon. So this is a tough one to talk about because I'm going to go and say fake diesel and Razor is is probably a worse gimmick because like the thing about the final solution is like the holocaust is like the worst thing ever right so like a heel being the holocaust you got to almost like if you say it's not worse than if you say that somehow i don't know i don't know how to answer this (laughs) um i will say that i thought that in principle the fake diesel and razor idea was an interesting idea um, but the thing that they fucked up with is that Jr. was doing it, and people love Jr. So when he cut the heel promo, they were already cheering him. Um, so, I, and and I think that the reason it's worse is that the fake r- Diesel and Razor thing went on forever, and they changed Final Solutions' name to Jeep Swenson pretty fast. So because they kind of realized how much of an eyesore it was, and even. I, but by by a monster heel i mean the holocaust is like the ultimate monster heel right so i I don't know what's let me talk to two jewish guys would they think about this robert what's the worst gimmick fake diesel what a a (laughs)
4: great pick for yom kippur (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) holiest week of the year and my favorite part about the the final solution is wcw claiming they had no idea that this came from the holocaust like they were just like this sounds really cool, but why does it seem familiar? I don't know. I'm sure we're fine with it. Um, the only reason people know who Jeep Swenson is is because he was Bane and Batman and Robin. Um, it's, it was a forgettable, like, we're going to make you as a Hogan villain and didn't do anything with it. I love Fake Razor and Fake Diesel. That is one of my favorite things ever because it is one of the few intersections of wrestling and law that you're ever going to get. They created Fake Razor and Fake Diesel Solely to prove their intellectual property case against WCW, because when Holland Nash showed up as part of the NWO, WWF sued them, saying, You guys are playing our characters that we own. And to prove that we own those characters, we're going to recast two other guys as Razor and Diesel. And it was awesome. The build up to it, because this was Surly Heel Jim Ross, which the crowd loves Jim Ross, but it was Red Ash Jr before you realize it's not an act. And he's just a bitter, angry old man. But him doing the hotline, where he's like, "You're gonna hear Razor and Diesel coming back. You hear that, Vince? You hear what I was able to do for you? I got Razor and Diesel coming back, and they were it worked in this very just strange, bizarre way. And then my favorite part of it is WWE won the lawsuit against WCW, and they and they then Jerry McDivitt tells the story that the money that they won from that lawsuit was the money they used to buy WCW after it went <laughs> out of business. Oh, that's
2: hilarious. It is
4: the ultimate fuck you. It is why I love Raz- the fake razor and diesel to no end. Uh, it it uh, It's great. So final, solution, final,
2: final solution is the worst gimmick.
4: It's It was because, yeah, because you're using clearly something that's horribly offensive for something that's completely forgettable. And that's what makes it infinitely worse than it should be. It's like a bad wrestler who comes out in a, in a clan costume.
2: Mike, what's the worst gimmick?
4: Well, yeah. I mean, also based on
5: real life events, we know that Hogan would team with the final solution. So it doesn't even <laughs> work. It's also what's funny is that WCW's actual final solution was. Uh, <laughs> Hiring Vince Russo to be head writer—it <laughs> truly was their final solution. I love, I love the idea of of uh, Diesel and uh, fake fake Diesel and Razor. Uh, Rick Bogner, rest in peace. Uh, uh, Glenn Jacobs, please don't destroy any more laws, um, because it really is Vince that is purest—that belief that we make stars that it's not the talent it's our ideas it's our creative that it wasn't kevin nash it wasn't scott hall that people cheered it was a white guy pretending to be a cuban <laughs> and a dude
4: who thinks he's a truck um two types of weird <laughs> appropriation hey if he um, could what, have three ultimate warriors he could have two diesels i
5: mean what, what's what, what's what's funny about it too is that Fake diesel is like pretty prominent. I remember uh um, I was hanging out with Dan years ago and I'd never seen the 97 Royal Rumble and he's like is he in the final 4? He's like fucking deep in it. He's pretty yeah. far
2: in there, yeah. Yeah. Hey man, and so, Kane was always good at Rumbles no matter what the gimmick was.
5: Yeah. And I mean and let it be a lesson, just keep your fucking mouth shut and do the job that's asked of you because you know, he did yank him, he did that, and then he finally got the gimmick that fucking worked. He was a wrestling yeah.
4: Christmas tree. He was the yeah, Unabomber.
2: Um, Unabomber was a good gimmick, man. <laughs> yeah.
4: All right. Um, I, I yeah.
2: hate the uncomfortable pauses after I speak.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I really we're just,
4: a... like, are both thinking the same things. And this is, <laughs> it's like the brain just can't, it stops working it's going too fast. It's <laughs> <laughs> Glenn <laughs> Jacobs and Ted Kaczynski are, uh,
2: I don't support the Unabomber's actions, just some of his beliefs.
5: I just don't know. His if I penmanship be like final, was excellent. <laughs> I don't know if I could be like Final Solution bad Unabomber good. <laughs> <All time laughs> weird. Um, but I would say that the the worst gimmick is uh, I'm gonna go. I, I think it is because one is just a shitty name, and then they change the name. I think Fake Diesel and Fake Razor really. Show the arrogance of, of Vince in a way that we had not seen before.
4: Wow. You're telling me you don't like Mini Vader and Mini Mankind. I don't. <laughs> what a monster. Uh, Mike, but, once but again, like
2: proving he is he's they, a self hating Jew.
4: I'd like.
5: How, how come they didn't call him lowercase t? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Zach, who, who do you got? What do you think is the worst gimmick? Uh,
1: I loved Bane and Batman and Robin, so I'm going to say uh
2: no the final solution is probably worse i don't know so we've got a we got a top we got to see scott i'm gonna text him worst gimmick he's gonna be our
4: tiebreaker he's gonna be on stage hold on guys <laughs> i need to tell these guys what he's the better be wrestling like,
5: you guys are nerds the holocaust was dope <laughs>
2: Hey, let's check in with our uh, Twitterverse. What do we got this week, Mike?
5: All right, this was a fun one. Um, I asked the Twitterverse, so and this happened again just today, but for two weeks in a row now, Dynamite has beaten Raw in the eighteen to forty-nine demo, and and for a third week, is Robert.
2: And did they beat them up ratings-wise this week? What's that? Do they just straight-up beat them ratings-wise this week? I don't think you? they did, no, but they did beat them in the demo. That, that, those
5: 55-year-olds who can't get enough of do drop. Uh, <laughs> keep, keep the raw train chugging along. But I did ask the Twitterverse, uh, you know, because this is a big moment for AEW, what did Tony Khan do to celebrate? So we have at Variety, Vierens and phone, he put on his Scott Hall denim from 1996 and yelled into the mirror, one more for the good guys. <laughs> At Bleeding Blue underscore Blue 20, uh, Tony took out his WWE elite Macho King figure from its box and finally booked him over Hogan. Ed <laughs> C, Duran Duran. He made his dad put the rating sheet on the fridge. Then Tony shouted, three more, and I get a free personal pan pizza. (laughs) At Belly Flow, he had a huge blowout party. It had cake, candy, ice cream, soda pop, you name it. Everyone was there. Tony and all his action figures partied until bedtime. (laughs) At BitWT he may have touched a woman for the first time, caught cooties, took the rest of the day off, and saw Lawrence and the Jags take the first of at least a dozen losses this year. (laughs) At Lucha Safety Bros, he had every prostitute in Jacksonville go over to his mansion, not to have sex with him, but to have them listen to a new promo he's working on. (laughs) At mark number seven, a line of cocaine off the back of his favorite Big Show action figure. At Chris uh cosplayed an episode of Miss TV or the Dirt Sheet with Trevor Lawrence playing John Morrison. <laughs> At Willie Chuck Jr., filed a restraining order against Scott Chaplin. At Don Hashi, bought some more friends. At Beast Eastman, blinked for the first time in 90 days. At Chom 1 AK, got approval to increase the entrance music budget. Christian was granted his request to use fellow Canadian Tom Green's The Bum Bum song. QT's faction now has the two and a half men theme song. At Mextasy Studios, he danced the Macarena in the parking lot of the performance center at Show Off 1984, had unfulfilling sex with his wife before jumping back on the N60 floor and playing a celebratory game of backstage assault. Um that's a joke because I don't think he has a wife.
0: Yeah.
5: <laughs> at Diege uh, fifteen, when he got accepted to private school, his dad took him to the ECW arena. When he beat Raw in the ratings, his dad bought him the ECW arena.
2: <laughs> and
5: finally, at Lucha Underrated, he built the biggest pirate ship with Legos you have ever seen.
2: <laughs> I actually, think that's that's true, man. I miss those pirate Lego ships. They're real fun. <laughs> All right, Mike. What was your high spot, low spot this week?
5: Okay, Um, my, uh, we, we want to start with high spots? Yeah. All right. Um, right. I'll say my high spot is the announcement of Omega Danielson. It's a fucking dream match. I'm super excited. I'm glad they're just giving it to us and not having, you know, Brian be a Kazarian type that's going against, you know, Cutler and Nakazawa and, you know, all the other dudes. I'm glad this is. You want this match? Here it is and our biggest show yet.
4: So I fucking love that they're doing it.
2: Yeah, well, there you go. What was your high spot this week?
4: Uh, I, got, I got two. I think first on a personal one, I think probably the MJF promo is the closest I'll ever come to writing for AEW. Uh, so that was <laughs> fun. But on a, on a different note, and this is kind of a low spot now that I think about it, we're an hour and a half in, there's a new WWE champion and it's Big E. And that's awesome. Uh, this is a dude who has worked very hard for a very, very long time in the company. He paid his dues in FCW and NXT. He had a lot of starts and stops over the years. He continued to work hard. He continued to have a positive attitude and is now WWE champion. And it's a huge positive for the locker room. You know, this has been a rough couple of weeks for the WWE recently. And having a guy like Big E win the title and get this opportunity, I think is, uh, is really awesome. And uh, I hope that uh, WWE makes the most of it and we get a, a really decent run because I think he's got a real shot to be something memorable.
2: Yeah, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I guess I'm going to pop on that and say, definitely, definitely Big E is a high spot this week. You know, it wasn't, the way they did it, I thought it was kind of underwhelming, but I, you know, the, the fact that he's champ and obviously, uh, obviously they need to do something different with raw, you know, if they're losing in that demo. Also, I'm just pumped about going to AEW next week. I'm pumped to go live wrestling again. I mean, the the card is great, but the fact that I get to be around a bunch of sweaty neck beards like myself, folks, we have not been able to really find a place to all meet up, but me and Scott will be there. So, please stop and say hi to us, man, for sure. Um, I'll start just off with be the socially
4: distanced. My, Not yeah, because my, of COVID, but just in general.
2: My, my, low, my low spot this week. Um Has really nothing to do with wrestling, but is uh Evander Holyfield as a circus elephant this past week? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys saw that fight, but it was real sad.
5: My brother was at that fight because <laughs> of course he was, but yeah. I don't want
2: your brother to kill me, so I will not comment on that part of it. But it, it was just like, I mean, it was, they shoot horses, don't they? It was, it was like, it was just one of these fights where, you know, at least with the Tito Ortiz-Anderson-Silva fight on that card, you know, it was Tito basically, like, trying to knock out Silva and, like, unleash this fury of punches that didn't work, and then Silva just, like, knocks him out once. It was kind of, like, cool to watch that, especially because you like Anderson Silva so much, and Tito Ortiz is probably the biggest idiot in combat sports history. I would love to do him as a roast at some point, even though he's not in wrestling. I guess he's in wrestling because he was,
5: he was in he, he He fought Del Rio.
2: Well, there we go we found, we, found, we'll, we found we'll do it by the end of the year we'll find the loophole tito we will do the roost of roast of tito ortiz at some point yeah. it sounds like a good patreon um we'll see though so yeah my low spot was just that entire night uh it, it was it was just like for a combat sports fan i mean hopefully hopefully this and then you know the fact that the jake paul fight wasn't good that there'll be enough of that where maybe we're done at this point who knows um but yeah that, that that's my low spot uh this week. Mike what was your low spot?
5: Um I mean yeah that was you know someone on our Facebook page was like you guys should review that and and you know and they said it before the fight happened and I was like I don't know if Holyfield's going to die and uh I don't want to commit to that. <laughs> it, it yeah I mean it was brutal the fucking the fact that there were people screaming "fuck you" and uh, the, 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 this woman was screaming "fuck you" during the 9/11 moment of silence. Uh, it's like,
4: I mean, Mike, Mike, where was this fight again?
5: Hollywood, Florida, baby. That's all you need to know.
4: <laughs> I
5: know, I know. know. Um, Site of, of the death of Anna Nicole Smith. Because look, there were fuck Biden chants, and that doesn't even bother me as much as the, yeah, not being silent during the 20-year 9-11 moment. Wait, did they
2: silence. say fuck Biden during that? Oh, yeah.
5: No, not during not that, during but there was that, a couple other times. The show. Yeah, a lot of times. I mean, they even advertised it as President Trump, not former President Trump, and I just read that um, it bombed. It, it did less than 150,000 buys. And it kind of showed up because it was fucking gross. Uh, I'm going to, you know, my low spot is the way Big E won. I don't like it. I don't think that it helps Big e. I I don't like that they did it so close after the Nikki Ash thing where you end on a cash in. I don't like when baby faces just jump in and cash in uh, on an injury. I mean, Big E is a great star. Everything you said about him, Robert, I-, I agree with. And I think that he really can be a main eventer in the company. I don't think that having him cash in in a, in a squirrely, like, Miz-type way helps him at all.
4: No, yeah, I agree. I-, I, I, it's. I think it was less... The way he won and more the fact that I'm glad they put the title on him. Dan and I broke this down, folks, on something to sports entertainment with, if you haven't gone back and listened to it. And we both kind of had that same feeling of there were a million better ways to do this. This was a knee-jerk reaction to we're going up against Monday Night Football. We have to do something to shock the audience. Um, my, My low point of this week, another trying to shock the audience thing, is we're going to get Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at crown jewel. Yep. Um, it is one of the few big matches they have left to pull out, and we're getting it on a, a pay-per-view event that none of no you're not going to be able to sell any tickets to because nobody's going to, to pay money to go fly to Saudi Arabia to go see this show. Uh, it's a show that every year when they happen, I boycott them. I don't watch Super Showdown. I don't watch Crown Jewel. I don't tweet about it. I think a lot of it's pretty gross about what they do there. And it just sucks as a wrestling fan that this is one of the few big dream matches that we had in this modern time. And they're putting it on this show as opposed to saving it for a Survivor Series or a Mania. It just sucks. It, I get why they're doing it. I just don't like it.
5: Robert, don't worry. There's countless hours of uh, Brock versus Roman matches on the
4: network. <laughs> yeah, but this is the one that stood the chance of possibly being good. Hey, the
2: 31 match was great.
4: Yeah, but yeah. This, is, this is where you want the crowd to boo when Roman's getting the shit beaten out of them.
5: Yeah, man. I mean, I dude, I totally agree with you on this, where it's just, it's also, it's just, then you feel like a sucker too, you know? Because like, you got excited at SummerSlam and you're like, you're kind of just being like yanked a little bit. And, and, but the one, the one positive I will say about this, Robert, is that it feels like we're coming back together as a society. We haven't had one of these shitty shows in a good long while, and knowing that that blood money's a-flowing again makes me feel like everything's gonna be okay. Assuming the, <laughs> assuming the plane takes off. I, I, I,
2: I will be covering it for the show because I have no soul, guys. Um, uh, yeah,
5: by yourself, I won't be either.
2: By myself. No, I'm actually having uh, the crown prince on with me. We're gonna do a watch along. Um,
5: Uh, that'll be a a $15 uh, a a tier uh, something to jihad with
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) next week folks we got the roast of the Honky Tonk Man for show and hell look man we've talked about who the greatest wrestlers are in the world we've talked about who the greatest promos are in the world Honky Tonk Man is without a doubt the best shoot interview of all time I don't think anyone comes close to him He's phenomenal. Uh, I just tweeted out, this is from, I think, Big Sean Power 10, but he put a Best of the Honky Tonk Man shoot together. It's only 13 minutes, so I found one that was, like, appropriate level for us to watch. There is one that's, like, five and a half hours. (laughs) If you've never seen Honky Tonk Man shoot interviews, like, he every time you see a wrestler talk about the respect for the business, remember that Honky Tonk Man was also part of this time. And he has... No respect for anybody in wrestling, including doing an impression of Brett with a stroke and Stu. I mean, he just does not give a fuck, dude. No, man, he's uh, he, the Norm McDonald of
5: dimly lit hotel room interviews.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, it just sucks because like WWE giving him a legends contract is the worst thing they've ever done in wrestling because we're, we don't see those these great shoot interviews anymore because there was a good five-year stint where he was just – like fucking saying whatever dude um as far as we must hate ourselves world cup next week we're doing the shock master verse kazarni which is the worst gimmick uh dynamiter dud as always and i'll have been gone to the show so i'll give you my expert insight by being around all you sweaty fools and we got high spot low spot so fun show next week and give him mcavery and hopefully he'll actually be on here unlike other guests we've advertised
4: (laughs) yes Every time we have a guest, the forbidden door slams on them and something horrible befalls these people.
2: Yeah. So please get
4: pissed because we don't play their
5: theme songs.
2: Please uh, donate to the patron, become a patron. It's the best deal. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say, guys, just become a patron. We got the best deal on podcasts. Uh, What do you got Robin Mike?
5: Our Facebook group is alive and popping. There's over 200 people in there now. It's really fun. Lots of funny memes, lots of funny jokes, lots of good discussions. Every uh, pay-per-view, every show, there's a thread. Just, you know, you're not watching wrestling alone if someone else has the same snarky opinion
4: you do. Kind of sums up our uh, podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're not
1: watching wrestling alone.
4: Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WWCreative underscore ISH, where I am watching Raw alone based on my timeline and the ratings and the feedback. Uh, maybe someone else will watch Raw next week. You never know uh definitely subscribe to the patreon and the something of sports entertainment with tier dan and i broke down uh smackdown and uh rampage we also broke down raw uh we kind of break down sometimes during the recaps of raw (laughs) I i love
5: robert i love that you reviewed raw this week but then decided to atone for other things (laughs)
4: <laughs> yes. Oh, this was if it look, if it wasn't for this podcast, my young kipper would have been a lot simpler. It's a it's a lot of uh I'm sorry for what I said about Baron Corbin. I, I really, <laughs> did, you,
2: did you really have to go through the list of wrestlers you apologize for on Yab Kapoor?
4: Yeah, but there weren't that many I felt bad about making fun of, so we were fine. Um but uh yeah, thanks for uh thanks for listening. And uh oh happy birthday to fan of the show, Mike Lewis, uh who uh, I know is listening, and congratulations to uh, Arda Okal, who uh, formerly Kyle Edwards in the WWE is an announcer. Uh, not only has he been getting to do SportsCenter recently, he just announced today he's going to be one of the faces of the NHL on ESPN, which I you know is a lifelong dream for him other than having to work for Kevin Dunn. So congratulations, Arda. It's great when uh, good things happen to people from this shitty, shitty business.
2: You hear that, Adnan, Kirk? There's still hope. <laughs> Somewhere buried in a fucking under a mound of coke at a Howard Johnson motel. And ten thousand copies of ET, the Atari game. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, Zach, what you got for us? I'll be at AEW next week too. Um,
1: Bert
4: we'll still not meet up with you, know,
5: Zach. The one week that you went to a live wrestling show, you say don't want. You don't say wash your hands. This is the time
1: you should wash your fucking hands. <laughs> and then I was going to say, and I'll be sure to wash my hands.
2: Nice, <laughs> all right, Zach. Well, uh, we'll, well, we'll run into each other there for sure. Um, all right, well, I guess that's the show, guys. Uh, also, uh, I believe uh, AJ Styles is right on all his flat earth beliefs. All right, have a good one.
3: And now it's my time to review Dynamite. I uh, <coughs> I was there live, and it, it's one of those events that an AEW event, I'm assuming, if, if they're all like this, which so far, on television, I've seen they are, is you leave with COVID symptoms, and you hope it's not COVID. You, <laughs> you, uh, my voice was shot to shit last night. I was supposed to record this last night. I could not speak at all. Uh, today, I've been clearing my throat, so... ah, oh, yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. We were a, a rowdy crowd for the most part. Uh, you get there first off you get there this arena is gigantic I know it was one of their bigger crowds but walking up to it and seeing this place you go holy shit this wrestling company made it but anyway enough of kissing ass I just want to review it uh, proper and then I'll get out so first I do want to say you get there and you wonder why is everybody so hyped at these AEW shows why does everybody seem to be having such a good time you know And uh, it's because you get there and things are already starting. Like every time I've ever been to a wrestling event, the first hour or two is, is time wasted sitting down, relaxing, stuffing your face, even though you ate before you left, you're hungry again. You want nachos with cheese. The amount of people that were eating chicken fingers while screaming for sunny kiss was unbelievable. It, people didn't have time to do anything but freak out and watch wrestling to the point where people in my section were confused as to when to go to the bathroom because it was just non-stop. And I'm talking about from dark, from dark elevation. So first off, you walk into the into the into the building, right? Tony Khan is standing on top of the escalator. You know, he's saying, close your eyes. Make a wish. (laughs) What is that? he goes come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination like immediately there are good vibes in the air you got a golden ticket you're here to party you're here to meet Wonka Wonka comes out he's a bit uh you know what he's strange he's different but we'll get to that when I walked in and we showed up a little late the show started at seven so I missed the first few matches but by the time I walked in, uh, and dark was taping, it was Joey Janela versus Sonny kiss and they beat the shit out of each other. Janela was busted open the hard way. Uh, really awesome risky moves by Sonny. Sonny had it like all figured out at least in this match. Sonny was unbelievable in this match. They're both from Jersey. Uh, we flipped out, and then at the end of the match, uh, I, well, I don't want to spoil it, but watch AEW Dark Elevation on YouTube because it was genuinely awesome. This match happened; people were freaking out. Right next thing you know, Proud and Powerful music play. Right they're they're, they're fighting some local like local dudes. They do amazing it's like a five minute squash and they're just nailing all of these amazing moves my buddy turned to me and he was like i knew they were good i didn't know they were this good uh they're unbelievable Uh, i knew they were that good i'm sure you know a lot of you guys did it was a really fun fun match and then tony khan comes out and then the acclaimed interrupts him and they they bust his balls Uh, they're playing off of max caster getting in trouble and that was actually really fun Uh, despite Tony's shortcomings on uh, acting like a human. And then the show starts, CM Punk comes out, everybody loses their shit. He goes to the commentary booth. I haven't watched the episode yet, but um, I heard he did a great job. Obviously we didn't hear him do shit. We just saw him get beat up by Hook and that was good enough for us. We chanted his name throughout the night randomly, but not in a a week, we're mad we can't hear you way we were just happy he was there and we were chanting his name he was super over immediately after punk comes out the most maybe the most over guy of the night comes out adam cole people lose their shit Rewatch the uh the entrance that adam cole Bebe was was loud as hell and then you know he fights frankie kazarian and when you're there live you have to like watch his titantron as well you know you see all of it and they got to change the titan tron it's like he's like the elite killer but the titan tron he's like wrangling a horse or something he's like shining cowboy boots. i don't even know what he's doing it's cowboy themed kind of like cowboy calendar themed he's a cowboy but he's been to the city you know one of one of those cowboys anyway this match was a lot of fun the Shawn Michaels super kick spot people went nuts for it the finish people went nuts uh cole uniting the super click when he mentioned that people really 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 dug that and then we went what 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 right into mjf let me bring up the uh results so i don't miss anything dude mjf comes out uh we at least in my section didn't catch almost anything he said and not because the mics were bad the mics were perfect tonight um from, from, from the standpoint of being there live, everything seemed to be functioning great in terms of entrance, pyro, music, mic. It all sounded awesome. But we couldn't hear MJF because about 10 seconds into him talking, we started booing the shit out of him. I mean, we booed him when he came out already. But once we knew it was going to be about Pillman, uh, everybody booed the hell out of him. I could not hear him at all. I don't know what he said. I saw him point at the ground, I'm assuming, he and he stepped on it. He was talking about Brian Pillman Sr. We don't know. No one in my section knows what he said. That's how loud we were booing, and that's how fun it was. We weren't mad about it. We're not a bunch of fucking curmudgeons. We'll watch it eventually. You know, we'll, we'll hear what he said. All we knew is MJF was out there, and he's a piece of shit, and, uh, you know, we told him that. We told him to shut the fuck up, I think was one of them. Uh. Yeah, it was it was a night of people getting heat. They came to the right place in Jersey where, you know, screaming, go fuck yourself is is so cathartic. It was so fun having a Dan Lambert come out who I guess I'll mention it now. We also didn't hear a word. He said someone texted me and was like, Dan Lambert was stumbling a little. Yeah, we don't know. We were flipping the fuck out. It was so much fun. It felt like it, it must have felt like, like, you ever, like my grandmother liked wrestling and my dad would always be like, yeah, my grandma would take me to wrestling and she would try to stab these guys. <laughs> and that's what it felt like. Like the heels got real heat. heel heat. We were fucking mad that they were there. We were mad that they were talking. It was pro wrestling. It was so fun. And that's what the whole night felt like. Every match worked. Every match was a lot of fun. And look, this wasn't a card that was fucking stacked. Darby Allen versus Sean Spears, like, that's not a, that's not the thing I go, yes, sign me up, but it happens, and it's great. It's damn good. The, uh, the makeup spot in that match got over like crazy, and then uh, FTR coming back out, and anyway, I'm jumping around, but a lot of fun. The MJF segment was was a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, Dante Martin and Matt Seidel versus FTR, this was, this was great. Um, I think we had to cool off a little because of the MJF promo. So the first few minutes, we were calm. The match was a little calm. And then Dante went off and FTR is, is, is fantastic. I do feel kind of bad for FTR because something about when they come out, there's a silence almost where it's, we all like FTR, but they're heels. But they're not heels enough where we want to boo them because any wrestling fan half agrees with them right and their their ideas of what wrestling should be so they kind of just come out and you go okay start wrestling we like you but anyway uh yeah that match was really cool it was really cool to see Dante Martin live that dude fucking flies I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention any of the backstage segments because we got some of them but some of them we didn't get and we got in between the the Dynamite and Rampage taping like the Christian Cage segment, I don't remember watching it live. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I mean, I was looking down. I know it was very quick, but I did see it in between Dynamite and Rampage. Uh, that was really great. Um, dude, fucking Malachi Black coming out and, and pointing out Rosario Dawson. So my section was a section over from where Cody entered, and my buddy and his wife where my buddy Damon and his wife, Sherry, what's up guys. Uh, we had a blast. Um, they went to the merch table and so they saw Cody. So they came back and we're like, Oh, Cody's here. And I was like, Oh, he's been gone for two months, you know, but I apparently people were trying to talk to him why he came out through that way. I don't, un, I don't know. I, I don't know how that makes sense. And how is that the area he's close? So Rosario's there. And then Cody come. I just, I don't understand the logistics of why he would just be, um hanging out near near the 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 pretzel stand uh but it was awesome people flipped out people had a lot of fun uh Rosa you know okay some people go what does Rosario Dawson have to do with this it's like dude she's on a fucking show with Cody how often do you see movie stars or actors or whatever the hell standing in the front row it makes sense that a company that a guy she's on a show with isn't a, a fucking evp of course she would be there if she lives in the area she's dating cory booker right i think so what what are you talking about it doesn't make sense it was a good ass time it was a blast we loved it <laughs> we really did uh it, it was it was a lot of fun to see then what happened um hmm wait, then the Dan Lambert thing happened. Okay. So then Dan Lambert came out. Uh, and like I said, yeah, we booed the shit out of him. And then Jericho, dude, I'm not a guy who goes, Oh, I'm going to sing Judas. You know, I sit at home and I I roll my eyes sometimes. Oh boy, Judas. I don't, I don't like Fozzie, but then you're there and Judas starts playing and God damn it. I become, I become, I become, man. It just happens. It just happens. It's, it's the chicken dance at a party. Next thing you know, you know, so kiss my butt, clap, clap. Everybody's clapping. You don't know why. No one plays the chicken dance at parties I go to. Just saying, you know, if you're at a roller rink for a kid's birthday, depending on your age, and if you have kids. Okay. Anyway, uh, Jericho killed in this segment. Again, I do not know how it came off on television, but he was so over. Also, he wasn't advertised for the show, and everything is... is So strictly advertised um, for AEW by the day of Showtime that you know what you're getting to a degree. So he really did feel like a surprise, uh, even though, you know, looking back, you go, yeah, obviously Jericho would be there. But yeah, man, that shit fucking ruled. uh, A lot of fun. Again, we were super interactive, super involved. Then what happened? Jade Cargill versus Layla Hirsch. Every, look, I'll say this. Everybody stayed for Layla to enter because she's from Jersey. So, you know, we were happy for her. Jade Cargill in person is a beast. She's a star. The, the match was, was cool. You know, this is honestly when a lot of people went to the bathroom, and it, it just happens. This is when it happened. Don't get mad at me. Did I go to the bathroom? I'll never tell. It's not your business. But then this match ended, and then we got uh, Taz, Team Taz confronting CM Punk. This was a lot of fun. Everybody loves Hook. Everybody loves Hobbs. And I don't know if you guys caught this. We didn't know what was in a commercial and what wasn't. Uh, but Hobbs sat at the at the entrance ramp with his, uh, you know, he sat like, you know, crisscross applesauce. They call it nowadays. I think to to be politically correct, he set crisscross applesauce which was really badass, and everybody booed him. He got a bunch of heat was, uh, was so much fun. Darby Allen versus Sean Spears. Again, a lot of fun. Sting is super over the end of that match was fantastic. Uh, people loved it. Then you have, Oh, Tony Schiavone brought up Brian Danielson. And again, I don't know what was shown on the television, but I, I would, it felt to me like Brian's entrance was during the commercial. I don't know why I feel that way. Maybe because I started getting buzzed and didn't know what was happening, but it felt like part of that entrance or something was during a commercial. And then they knocked it out of the park, man. Uh, Don Callis is fantastic. Everything he said was was funny and on point. Uh, Calling him a mark was, was really, you know, it's either, and I'm a carny piece or, oh, so I'm the, but I'm the carny piece of shit. And then going, but, you know, also if that's not why you're here, if that is the real reason you're here, then you're a mark. It all made sense. It was all awesome. I love that Brian Danielson is like, look, I do know how it fucking works around here. I'll get to the championship eventually. I don't care about that right now. Right now. I want to see who's the best. I came here because I heard you're the best. I've seen you. I know you're one of the best, but you lost your balls. We're going to fight. We all, you know, cheered like crazy. Omega, all he did was say yes. Again, this is a show where, this live crowd didn't get the bucks. We didn't get Omega uh, in action or an entrance or in a in any real way. He just said yes, but his presence was funny. Him walking out was hilarious, and uh, and I'll say this, and I'll say I, I'll say it now before I forget. When they announced the lineup for Arthur Ashe, again, at least my section, I can't speak for everybody. We were thrilled about it. I don't know if it's because most of us are going to Arthur Ashe, but. Even though this was very much a show to, sh- to set up a bigger show, we got a bunch of cool moments. We got a bunch of really fun spots and matches that we didn't, again, on paper, didn't necessarily think were going to be uh, anything to talk about. And then when they announced this Arthur Ash lineup live and they say that Omega and Brian Danielson is going to happen next week, everybody loses their shit. And not in a bad way. We loved it. We're excited for the company. We're excited for the show. Whether we're going or not, I'm going. But whether we're going or not, this lineup is fucking gadzooks. It's so good. And uh, every match that was being shown on on next week's Dynamite and next week's Rampage, people were just going ballistic in the arena because what a lineup. And and so short after All Out, which was one of the best pay-per-views in years. And now you have a show that, uh, yeah, might be one of the best shows of, uh, you know, in a long time. So anyway, that segment was cool. Obviously I wish I got more, uh, of Omega and Brian live, but it did its thing. And then the main event, it was fun. It was fun. At that point I was ready for rampage. Uh, it does feel like a long night. It, it really does. When, when people are freaking out from dark, you know from dark elevation people are losing their minds you do get tired and then you realize you got rampage coming and you know the suzuki stuff all of that was a blast the match itself was whatever it felt a little rushed to us live i'm sure they were rushing you know how it goes uh, in aw they rush the endings all the time uh i hope they go over next week with omega and and danielson i hope they do the overrun for like ten more minutes or something. Let's go crazy with it, you know. But uh, but yeah, the I don't know what you guys saw, but the, you know they all brawled uh throughout the arena, and then Suzuki and 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 Archer uh, both stood over a beat up Moxley and Kingston, and Archer. I wrote it down. It was so fucking good, and I knew it wasn't on television. And I was like, I wish you guys got to see this because he's standing over there and and he's talking to like a completely knocked out Moxley and Kingston. And he's telling Kingston, you know, you might've been born in the Bronx and raised in Yonkers, but you're going to die in Queens. And something about wrestlers being able to tell wrestlers that they're going to kill them, that they're going to die is so fun. Then he looked at a beat up Moxley and said, you know, after next Wednesday, Renee is going to have to raise that baby alone. It was fucking nuts people went crazy and then he was like because you know when it comes to Suzuki and me everybody dies man it was so goddamn cool I hope they find a way to get the world to see that before their match because it was really really cool to see and uh yeah and then Rampage happened and there was a lot of fun things but I'm not gonna talk about it but it's worth watching uh for for some things one thing specifically was so over uh, and I hope you guys enjoy it Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed Dynamite. I hope you enjoyed uh, the other boys' review of Dynamite. I'm sure they noticed some things I didn't because I was, uh, you know, in a happy place uh, in a world of pure imagination. So, yeah, that's my review, man. It was a blast. Go see AEW live. Adios, hermanos and hermanas. (laughs) Bye-bye.